everybody. I'm Dan Whedon coming to you live on my Unleashed the Podcast, uh, having some fun doing some live streaming and bringing on some really exciting and cool guests. And I got maybe uh, a, one of the coolest guests I've ever had, especially because right now he's up in the uh, in the in in Canada right now, enjoying a little time up in Toronto. Uh, Jonah Siegel, how are you doing? Excellent, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Jonah is uh, a digital business a business digital guru. I think I called him that on on my on the Facebook page. Uh, he and I are going to have a conversation today which I believe all small and medium-sized business owners should pay attention to. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit about Jonah here. I wrote this down. I might have to throw on my glasses here uh, in order to say this right. Jonah Siegel is a global expert and thought leader on digital marketing. So he's, he's really a badass when it comes to this. <laughs> Jonah's got over 20 years experience in executive leadership in companies like Amazon, Starbucks, and Canada's largest luxury retailer, Holt Renfrew. Uh, you probably have heard of all of those, especially the first two. Uh, he's managed high visibility partnerships with business development with, with companies like Apple and Pepsi, 7-Eleven, Instagram, Google, and Caterpillar. Uh, Joan and I have gotten a chance to know each other. We were, uh, we were introduced to each other by a mutual friend. We've gotten to talk a little bit. And I love some of the ideas he has, maybe actually all of the ideas he has on how small and medium-sized businesses can act and grow bigger by taking advantage of the technology around digital marketing and e-commerce. Uh, and, and Jonah, during our conversations uh, about business continuity, at least coming from my end, I believe a, a, a critical piece of business continuity is to be able to know where you're making your next dollar. Uh, no matter what happens, whether you have a pandemic or you have a fire or something happens. Can you talk maybe at least uh, at the beginning on, on kind of a big picture on where small and medium sized businesses should be targeting what they do in digital marketing and e-commerce? Yeah, and again, thanks for thanks for having me. Am I supposed to take my glasses off now? Is that no, no, no. You can you you can do whatever you want with your glasses. I I just can't read without them. <laughs> okay, it's all good. Just kidding with you. Listen, I think that um, what's happened with the pandemic is it has advanced the needle, advanced the time for other companies to take hold of the digital world much faster. And I think it's advanced a lot of things much quicker. Customer behavior has changed dramatically, has probably changed more in the last, you know, four or five months than it has in the last five years. Um, somebody else has, has famously compared it that, you know, the department store now, and sorry, the mall now is what the department store was yesterday. And I'll use the old adage of what, what all businesses need to do is two things. They need to take stock. And then the old adage is they need to start to fish where the fish are. And the beauty of digital marketing is there are lots of channels and tools and tricks that you can do that empower you to do that. And more importantly, you get instant results and instant gratification because you know what's working and what is not working immediately. Now that doesn't mean that you're gonna get instant results. What it means is in probably 30, 60, 90 days, after 90 days, um, without spending a ton of money, you will know which campaigns are working where, 
you should have a better idea of who your customer is and how they're behaving and how to spend in multiples uh, to grow your audience. And to me, that is transformational. So Joe, you know, I, I work with a lot of small businesses and I'll categorize small and medium sizes, let's say from, from uh, one person to let's say a hundred million in revenue. So kind of in that, in that uh, sweet spot there, I know that prior to COVID hitting, small businesses, a lot of them knew about these technologies. They were probably told you should be doing this. You should be thinking about it. And they say, I know, I know. It's kind of like business continuity planning. I know I'm going to. And then all of a sudden this happened. And uh, the flip, like you said, just the acceleration because consumers all of a sudden were stuck at home. They couldn't go shopping. And all of a sudden they started realizing, even those that weren't using a lot, I got to get my stuff in a different way. And now I feel like, you know, a lot of small businesses are scrambling saying, okay, I got to learn how to do this. Is there, you know, for those who maybe are a little bit fearful, (laughs) don't know where to start feeling overwhelmed because they've realized that this might be, even after the, after a vaccine comes out, people like shopping this way. What are some things that they can start doing right now that at least get them moving in that direction? So a couple points. First of all, behavior is now changed. Um, we, are, we are not going back to the world as it <laughs> used to exist. Um, there are certain behaviors that we have now learned and gotten accustomed to as consumers that is not going to change. And I don't care whether your customers are in the B2B space or B2C space. Um, we are changed. So here's the really good news. The really good news is, you know, back 10, 15 years ago, a lot, of, a lot of companies, like a, probably a lot of your clients, were told that to make a transition into the digital marketing world, e-commerce, if you will, omni-channel, um, was going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars in six to 12 months. There are now phenomenal technology partners out there, um, both on the production side. Actually, I mean, the one, like the platforms are already there, but the agencies and startups and companies that can help you get there you do not need to spend that amount of time and that amount of money to transition your business into a, a digital world. So if they're so really, really quick, I, before you, what's omni-channel? Because somebody out there, I'm not even sure I know what it means. Somebody out there might, might say, I don't know what that means. Can you describe that or define it? Totally. So, so traditionally we had businesses that were transacting in, in somehow in a, in a physical manner. The new, the, the, the catch were then became e-commerce and that is we're now selling stuff we're now selling our product on the internet. Well, customer behavior has changed. These things have come along. Uh, customers now want to shop however, whenever, on whatever they want. And the ability to complete that cycle is omni-channel. So that means they are start, you may start your sales, you may sell, start, a customer may start their sales journey on a device like this, but they may not make, they may put something in the cart They may ask a question, they may transition to a laptop or a desktop, but their expectation is it doesn't matter that that whole experience is going to be connected. So if I'm on here, because I'm out sitting waiting for somebody at the grocery store to come in, uh, if I put something in my cart when I get home and I open up my browser, that item is still in my cart and it doesn't matter where I am and it doesn't matter whether it's 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. It doesn't matter where I am. Uh, I am able to transact and deal with my 
with the business I'm trying to transact with, however, whenever, on whatever I want. So to do that, the integrations that used to be required uh, were plentiful. The expertise that used to be required uh, to do that was very limiting and very expensive. But there's all kinds of options, irrespective of the marketplace or the, or the vertical that your clients are in, uh, that can now be done very quickly and inexpensively and efficiently, and with not a whole lot of disruption. So, and I think I may have cut you off in what you were saying. So to, to get started on that, again, let's just say somebody's watching this and they say, okay, I'm in, I understand that. And I'm already, let's just start with this. I'm already a, a B2C. I'm already, I'm already selling directly to a consumer, yet um, I'm not as sophisticated as that. Uh, yes, I understand there's, there's people out there who, who can help me kind of, I think maybe just from a mindset and strategic standpoint, what's step number one? I think step number one is admitting that you have the challenge. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and then two, admitting that you're willing to take help from somebody that understands this type of business and how, how to help you transition and pivot uh, to, to the next generation so that you can continue to transact with your existing customers and more importantly, you can find new business opportunities for you as well. So uh, before you go, because this is, this is, I think, an important point. Yeah. This is not a do-it-yourself type thing. I don't think at least. I mean, if you want to do it well and if you want to do it quickly, and I think if you want to, to, to maximize your return on that investment, you really need to find an expert to, to at least to help you through that. Am I right? Or, or it, 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 this is not, so I have a client that I work with who has four or five shops in the state of Washington. He is a tried and true retailer. He said to me yesterday, we completed a sale out of nowhere yesterday. Someone from Massachusetts as a result of the work that we've been doing to help him, bought seven, uh, Seattle, embroidered makeup uh, mirrors, the little compact ones. Yeah. Seven from Massachusetts with Seattle on them. Like the, there is no way that transaction ever would have been able to happen if he did not enlist the help of someone to help properly set up the store and then get it listed on Facebook, Amazon, and right. uh, Google to make, the, there's just no way it, it, it Listen, it, for, for the client, the, the client who you said who's already transacting, they know very well how to open up a brick and mortar location. Right. They know, they know what to do. They know all the steps. This is opening another location, but it's in a, it's in a uh, virtual world. Yeah. That is a big change. So to me, no different that if they were opening a new location in a different city, they would call someone local in that city. Uh, they now have to find someone who can help them with this new location called the internet. Okay, thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that, and I think you and I've talked about this too. While it seems like we feel like we can always just Google something and figure out how to do it, I do that for how to try to figure out how to cook all the time. And the result is sometimes I'm okay and sometimes I'm not, and I'm okay with that because it's for fun. But when you're dealing when you're dealing with something like this, and I, I think there is a there's a rapidity. I don't know if that you want to do it rapidly, 
because as you said, nobody's going back. It's kind of like the old phone book thing. There's no, we're not, we're not pulling phone books back. So your ads in the phone book aren't going to work. This becomes something that I think if you're already starting to strategize for 2021, you've got to think about. Yeah. Here's the challenge. The challenge is you could also go on YouTube and figure out how to pour the foundation of a new house. The challenge becomes that if you actually don't build the foundation of the house properly, when you're putting the bed into the bedroom, yeah. if the house falls, guess what? Well, it's the same thing. You need to have some level of expertise to set up either the online shop or the marketing channels or all of those facets. And if you don't get those right on day one, it will affect you on day 30, I promise you. Yep. So, Joan, I want to transition a little but bit. Let me just, I'm interrupt. I'm just going to give oh, you sorry, a go example. Ahead. It's, it's when you try and transact online, some of the nuances that you think don't matter do. And they matter not just to the customer, but more importantly, to the channel owners. So, for example, Google is very specific of what type of information is required to list a product for it to be included in Google Shopping. So you may think, why do they need to know the name of the vendor? Why do they need to know the weight? Why do they need to know uh, where the product was manufactured? My customers don't care. If you want into Google land, Google makes you enter it. So somebody who sets up their own page with their own products, yeah, you can YouTube how to do it, but if you don't have that expertise and you don't have those nuances, one, you're gonna miss it, Two, you're going to miss out on things that get it done very quickly because like everything else, there are tricks and other suppliers out there that help you do it. And yeah. as you said, days. So it's no longer as expensive and it's not as time tedious either. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, that's perfect. I, I appreciate you, you uh, clarifying that. So you and I had a conversation, which I, I found really fascinating. We just were talking about B2C, but there's a lot of uh, businesses out there that are B2B, selling directly to other businesses who then sell their products in, in some form or fashion. And uh, you talked a little bit about some of those B2B companies thinking about becoming B2C. Uh, how, would, how would somebody look at that? Let's say you manufacture a product. It could be food or it could be something, you know, something else that, that goes direct, goes out to somebody else who's then going to sell it. How do you maybe transition into this without upsetting the apple cart of the, of the, the clients that you've already got into place? Yeah. I, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's necessarily a transition as much as it is an addition. Okay. Um, some of the most time interested brands and, and verticals, have moved to direct to consumer. This, we are living right now in the, the birth of explosion in direct to consumer. So, you know, back in the day when someone wanted to buy makeup or moisturizer, you had to go to a department store. Well, then it shifted to like a Sephora. Uh, now, those brands are finding ways to get certain lines or certain new lines of product direct to consumer. Why? The consumers demand it. So, and, and the direct to consumer, and I, I'm thinking about my own buying habits of what I have that comes in and is dropped off on my front porch, either on a monthly basis or, you know, from a subscription model or membership style basis, things that I would have normally had to, uh, had to go 
someplace to purchase. Or as I'm thinking just uh, about a week ago, I purchased uh, brand new golf shoes, FootJoy golf shoes. I did not go to a retail store. Uh, I had a place online that I purchased from before that I, and I bought them there and I knew what the size was and I knew, and I knew that if I didn't like them for some reason, it's easy enough to send them back. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no, as I said at the beginning, customer behavior, it's not changing. It's, it's changed. changed and it's yeah. not going back. So people need to figure out who they're, you know, it all comes down to definition of who their customer is and that might be evolving. Right. Um, yeah. But you, you've got to go fish where the fish are. Smart companies are taking this time to take stock and actually not worry so much about the five-year plan, but worry about the six to 12-month plan. And what things can you do with some limited resources to set that map, address some of the low-hanging fruit now, generate some revenue so you can expand and keep growing. You may have just kind of started answering my, the final question I wanted to throw out at you, but I'm going to throw the question out and you can expand on it if you'd like. So again, business says, okay, I'm going to listen to Jonah. I'm going to have a strategic meeting with the key people in my organization because we have to have this type of a strategy session. Uh, on their agenda, what are some of those bullet points that they need to talk about? And I think you just hit a couple of them there, but what, what are some of the questions that need to be answered coming out of that to move forward? Well, I, I think it's a good time to take stock and really look at where are some of your friction points and where are some of your hurdles in your existing pipeline? You know, projects that you've put off, uh, updating things or, or revolving things uh, should be looked at now. That, you know, the access to talent and expertise has never been like it is right now. And the ability to, I'm not saying you need to let people go. That's not where I'm going at all. But there's a ton of super qualified people with expertise in this area that are now available to you um, all the time. I think so, that was you. That wasn't me. Was that you? The no, ding? that was me. That was me with a ding. Sorry. No, it's all right. I thought it was me. I was looking all, that's no, the world we me. live in. Something dings and we're all it, looking around. No, it, was, it was me. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think the first thing is, do you, how fully do you understand your process? Like, do you know how well things work? Do you know where the problems are? And if you could wave the magic wand, how would you fix them? Yeah. Uh, and once you've identified where the roadblocks are, then you can start talking to experts and agencies and people out there to how to unblock them. And the most important thing is they, they really need to keep an open mind. And I know that they've been doing things a long way and a long time and it's been working. The idea isn't to change that and to throw all that learning out the window. It's just to keep an open mind to evolve and the need to evolve in a very different time. And this was coming anyways, yeah. but they need to get there now because it's happened. Yeah, and so somebody's going to beat them to it. So listen, uh, I also think this has now become really the age of the expert as well. Uh, there are so many, you, you just mentioned there's a lot of talented people out there. Uh, this is one of those areas that you don't have to hire a W-2 employee to come in and do there. This, I think we are now hitting an age of, you need some expertise. There's some smart people out there who can help you manage that much more quickly. You, Jonah, are a talented guy, and you, you, you gave me a, an email for any of you out there who want to have this conversation with Jonah. Uh, his email, and I'll also post this uh, as well, is Jonah, J-O-N-A-H, Jonah at valueaddedservices.io. 
Jonah at valueaddedservices.io. I was able to read that without my glasses. I'm very, very impressed with that. So uh, Jonah Siegel, thank you very much. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on, spending a little bit of your time uh, chatting with us. And everybody out there, give Jonah a call or email him and, and see how he might be able to, to help you. Jonah, thank you very much. Awesome being with you, Dan. Take care, everybody out there. Uh, be well, wear your mask, mask, take care, and of course, always be unleashed.